This is Jeremy Walker, and you are listening to the Preschool Pioneers Podcast. I'd like to thank you for joining us today as we discuss creation and violence in the classroom. There's a couple things we're going to be going over today. One of those is be discussing the growing epidemic of violence and physical altercations between teachers and students in the classroom. There's been quite a few different articles in the news about teachers and students, in particular ages 4 through 12th grade, having physical altercations, uh, some of them leading even to death. We're also going to be discussing today, uh, as we uh, go throughout this episode, explaining why Christians should become teachers starting from the very first verse in the Bible, Genesis 1-1. And of course, we're going to be introducing kind of a new resource for Christian educators and Christian school owners as well, called the Preschool Pioneers Field Guide. And we're going to be going over that a little bit and discussing that as well. So let's go ahead and start this episode. And we want to thank the listener for joining us. Uh, The Preschool Pioneers podcast is brought to you by the GCS Apprenticeship Program, which seeks to find young men and women and families that wish to learn how to become successful Christian school teachers and or to own and operate their very own Christian school. For more information about the GCS Apprenticeship Program, you can visit the website gcsapprenticeship.com. Now let's go ahead and get started on our very first part here, education in the news. Violence in the classroom has become a very big problem uh, of late. Uh, It's not something when I was growing up as a young child that was something that was ever a problem, not something that was ever really thought of. If there was violence in the classroom between students and teachers, it was as an anomaly. It was not something that was normal. It was not something that was done routinely. It certainly was not in the news regularly. But the problem is is that we have had a rash uh, problem with violence in the classroom, altercations that become violent uh, between students and teachers and even people like resource officers or police officers on campus at schools. And there is a problem. Uh, There's a breakdown, and we'd like to discuss what that is today. It all revolves around one simple thing, the commandment, honor thy father and thy mother. It's the concept, real basic, of authority that's really being broken down. And another aspect of that is not just that the authority structure is being broken down, but it's also that children themselves are lacking self-control. They are lacking discipline. The teachers and whatnot are also being told they should not be authoritarian. Recently, actually, myself, I run a Christian school with my wife in southwest Florida. I was talking with a parent recently, and I was talking about the parent with about their child's behavior. We were having a problem with the child listening, leaving the classroom, not listening to the teacher, putting himself in situations that were dangerous for himself, jumping off of equipment, which could cause physical harm going into areas of the classroom, and we have a preschool, this was the older child, going into places like the infant room and things like that. Whenever the parent was talked to about, you know, there's got to be rules, we have to set boundaries, and we needed the, the parent's help to kind of limit the child's interactions with the teacher, what they're doing, uh, to, to listen to the teacher, to make sure they weren't going in areas where they weren't allowed to. Like when the parent picked up, the child was just going into any room in the building that they wanted to go into, like the infant room. And we have very specific rules because the different ages can't mix. Older children can hurt younger children, maybe not on purpose, but by accident. Maybe they trip and fall, 
But while I was talking to the parent, the concept came up was as I was talking about the rules, the school had to have rules. We have to make sure we enforce those rules, keep everybody safe. We needed his help to make sure and help his child to obey the rules of the school to keep everyone safe. He used the concept, well, I can tell that you're an authoritarian. And he used it almost as a as a negative, that somehow if there's rules and if there's someone who enforces the rules, then that's a bad thing. You shouldn't be authoritarian. You shouldn't want somebody to enforce the rules. You shouldn't have rules that have to be followed. In fact, when I was talking to the parent, what his suggestion was is that we create an environment. We create an environment where his son could do pretty much anything he wanted and it wouldn't be wrong. That was it. In other words, uh, the solution for being able to go into classrooms that he wasn't supposed to go in while being picked up by that parent. In other words, they're underneath the care and protection no longer of the school, no longer of a, a teacher or a member of the staff, but the parent. They've been you know, logged out, picked up officially. What the solution for this parent was is to lock the doors. Like every door had to be like multiple padlocked for this parent so that way when he picked up his child, even if he wanted to go into a different area of the, the school, he wouldn't be able to. So that was the idea. Not teaching his son self-control. No, that was not the idea. You shouldn't teach your child self-control. You should have an environment. Somebody else out there in the world has to create an environment where the child is allowed to do whatever they want, anytime they want to, and the environment itself restricts the child, like having padlocks on a door. I had another person one time who said that we were having a problem with a child about three years old running from the classroom, trying to leave the room, trying to go outside, open doors, run onto the playground, that kind of thing. And talking to the parent about the solution for it, of course, our solution was the child needed to have self-control and not leave or flee from a classroom trying to go someplace, which puts them in danger. The parent, of course, their solution was similar to what the other father had said, well, put locks on the doors. Their idea was to create the environment where the child didn't have to show restraint. No one had to actually expect restraint from the child. Now, that kind of brings us down to the grass level of what we're talking about here. Whenever we have this problem, we're looking at it, we're saying there's violence in the classroom. There was a video recently of a, a school, as a high school in Mexico, actually. And the video, of course, always the videos always show only the end clip of what's going on. In this case, it was a teacher who was on top of a student, and they were struggling, they're wrestling around, and the teacher hits the child multiple times. I say child, but teenager. Um, uses their arm multiple times to kind of push the child's head into the ground as they're struggling to get them to stop and all the rest. Now, of course, the, the video clip's only about six, seven seconds long. And, of course, you can guess what everybody was saying. How horrible of this for the teacher to do this? How could they possibly do this uh, to this child? And the question never isn't, you know, what caused this? What, what led up to this? Why in the world is this teacher putting their hands on a child to begin with? There was another video one time of a resource officer or a police officer in a high school. And, of course, the video clip only shows the end where the police officer grabs this girl and uh, yanks her out of her chair, eventually drags her across the ground and throws her up to the front of the classroom. Now, of course, these are done for, for show. These are done for 
to get an illicit response of, of shock and awe. But the problem was is nobody asked what happened before that. Why are these people reacting this way? Are we having teachers just attack students and wrestle them to the ground and, and slam their heads into the ground for no reason? Are we having resource officers, police officers, grabbing young teenagers, just going into a classroom randomly and yanking people out of their chairs? We don't have that. This isn't the problem. Uh, and the violence in the classrooms that we're talking about that we're seeing on the media and on the news um, is t from two different aspects. Uh, one, children are not taught to respect authority. The authority is being taken uh, away from teachers, parents, uh, police officers. Students are not being taught to recognize any authority outside of themselves. And of course, we, we go, well, where does this come from? Why? Why are we being taught this? Why would these children get this idea? What do, we, what do we mean, where do they get this idea from? We teach in all governmental public schools the concept that there is no creation. We teach the idea of some Big Bang. We teach the idea of evolution, that somehow things came from nothing. And if we take that and re really believe it, what that means then is survival of the fittest is exactly what we should believe. This means that our children should not believe that anybody can tell them what to do unless they are stronger, more powerful, and can coerce them forcibly into submission. Now that is, of course, what we're starting to see, um, this violence in the classrooms, is this survival of the fittest idea. We can't teach this concept to children from the time that they're infants and expect them to not act on it when they're older. Now, of course, it does not make the behavior of resource officers or teachers, you know, it doesn't say it's okay to grab students and wrestle them to the ground. The concept that a teacher would put their hands on somebody and forcibly slam their head into the ground is, is also very mistaken because they don't understand the concept of authority. At some point, the teacher has to stop and say, you're not allowed to do X, Y, and Z. In the case in Mexico, I believe the story was that the child had a telephone and the teacher had asked them to, to put it away, to stop using it, and they didn't do it. And eventually this led to the teacher trying to take it, the child getting upset, and then of course the altercation ensued as the student physically attacks the teacher and of course the teacher reacts. I saw another video similar to that, uh, I think it was over a phone actually as well, where the student begins to belligerently attack verbally the teacher and eventually insults their, uh, them, themselves, uh, the teacher, racially. And then, of course, this finally really upsets the teacher and they attack the student at this point and all the rest. And the resource officer, of course, uh, you know, pulling the student from the chair, people are asking, well, why do they have to do this? Well, the better question is, why didn't the student just listen to the resource officer? At this point, I believe it was also... Uh, a telephone issue where the teacher in the classroom asked him to put it away. The student refused. The high school student just did not do it. Then eventually said, well, we're going to have to call the resource officer. The child still didn't listen. So the resource officer comes in, talks to him, still doesn't listen. So then the resource officer, of course, asked him to leave the classroom. They still don't do it. So at some point, somebody has to make this uh, student, this child do something. And then, of course, whenever it turns into a violent altercation, the problem is, is, well, why are we resorting to violence? 
why is it that a resource officer has to put their hands on a student? Why wouldn't they just listen? Why wouldn't they just put the phone away, listen to the teacher originally to begin with? Why couldn't they just listen to authority to start with? So the problems are is that we have problems on both sides. We have students who are taught from the time they're young. There are no authorities above themselves. We have teachers and parents and police officers and resource officers who don't necessarily understand how to exact their authority. They also resort to violence very quickly in how they do things. And then, of course, we also have the other side where everybody's blaming these teachers and blaming these police officers that have to deal with these students. What about the parents? They haven't taught these children at all to honor authority. And all of a sudden, these other people are the ones who are having to deal with the behavior of these children and we're blaming them. Well, the problem is very big, but the solution is actually quite simple. The solution is to start by, number one, uh, teaching children that there is authority. Authority, of course, can only come from God, from creation itself. Now, we're going to get into the importance of teachers, uh, Christians becoming teachers in a second, but it stems from the concept. If we want to get rid of violence in the classrooms, we have to have two things. One, we have to have primarily students who are taught that there are people in charge of them, parents, teachers, police officers, other people, and they're required to listen to them. And these other people, like the teachers and the resource officers, also have to be taught how to deal with these children who are not going to listen without resorting to violence. Now, at some point, the child is going to have to be coerced if they won't listen. Sadly, that's going to be the case in some situations. But it doesn't mean that we have to resort to violence as quickly as or what we're seeing in the classrooms. But the problem isn't as simple as just saying, well, let's get anger management classes for the police officer, or let's get anger management or retraining for the teachers. The problem is much bigger than that. It's the teacher's fault, the resource officer's fault. It's the child's fault who at the beginning, if they'd listened 99% of the time, these problems would never occur. And then as a broader scope, we have to ask ourselves, what are we teaching our students? Are we creating these situations ourselves on an institutional level? And I think that the answer to that is yes, we are. Because once you toss out God, once you toss out the commandments, then there is no authority structure. Because when we teach the commandments to people, we say, well, why is it that we listen to our parents? Why is it we listen to teachers? Why, would, why should we listen to a police officer or anyone else who claims to have authority? And the reason is because there's what's called derivative authority, or they get their authority from someone else. In this case, whenever we're talking about God, God has given authority as creator to certain people in a hierarchical authoritative structure. And that starts with uh, over children, parents, and then you have teachers and you have police officers and other people who do have authority, including uh, maybe an employer, whoever is in authority over a person, and they have to learn to listen to these people because they have authority, not because they're stronger or faster or just because they're older, but because they have what's called authority. And that is a derivative concept that you only can have if there is a creator. And so in the broad scope, if we're going to end violence in the classrooms, then we have to stop teaching things that are going to promote it. In particular, teaching people that they come from nothing, with no purpose, there is no authority structure, everybody's here by accident, 
that right there, if our students take that literally, if they believe it, then we're going to have more violence in the classrooms. Because why in the world would I listen to you? There's no reason to listen to you. You have no authority over me. You have no reason to tell me what to do. In other words, like some people say, you're not the boss of me. Well, that's all true. If there's no authority structure, there is no one who's the boss of you. However, there is a creator, then there is somebody who has an authority structure, a created order. So we're going to go ahead and move on to our next part as we tie all these in. The next part, of course, is why Christians should become teachers. And I think I've already touched on a little bit of that already, but on our program for preschool pioneers and for the GCS apprenticeship program, we have a pamphlet coming out soon entitled Why Christians Should Become Teachers. And we've started uh, Instagram page. We started creating little quotes with Bible verses on them, and it's entitled Why Christians Should Become Teachers, and there's a Bible verse attached to it. Well, one of the first ones we did was Genesis 1.1. And if you're not familiar with it, it's the first book, first verse of the Bible, which states, quote, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, this right here is exactly why Christians should become teachers just as a foundational 101 type of thing. Like we're talking about the violence in the classrooms, you have to start from the basis of reality, where we come from. And if you're going to have people who are going to teach that we come from nothing, if you're going to teach people, you know, from the very beginning, there's evolution, there's, there's no purpose in life, there's no authority structure in life, uh, it's the survival of the fittest, the strongest, the fastest, the smartest, all the rest in between, um, then we're going to be causing uh, more violence and destruction in our world, just like we're seeing in the classrooms today. But to begin with, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This takes somebody who believes that concept. That takes a Christian who says that we did not come from nothing. We have a creator. We didn't uh, evolve from nothing with no purpose. We actually do have a purpose. We are moving towards a predetermined end, a predetermined goal. And if we teach that in the beginning, God created then we're going to be able to have a positive reaction. Uh, we're going to have a authority to teach the things that we're teaching. When we say, when you go to school, listen to your teachers. Well, there's a reason why we can say that, because the parent has the authority to pass their authority on to a teacher and say, listen to them. And then the, the child is expected to listen to those people. But when you have a bunch of people who are teaching your children that are not Christians, and they're saying, well, no, 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 we came from nothing. Oh, no, no, no. There is no such thing as authority because there is no creator. Therefore, there is no authoritative creature out there. There's no created order. Um, we all came from nothing. We're just here by happy accidents. And therefore, you can pretty much do what you want. Nobody can actually tell you what to do. There are no, as some people say, moral absolutes. If there are no moral absolutes out there in the world, then why in the world do we need teachers at all? And that's actually what's going on right now. The teachers are becoming people who are supposed to be set aside. They're supposed to be what's considered facilitators who are not actually teaching truth. Uh, recently, I saw a movie. It's quite disturbing, actually, uh, called Littlefoot. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. It actually just came out this week that I can think of. Inside, there's this little dandy song about being a seeker of truth. And not that truth is already here, not that there's truth to be learned, 
but you're supposed to be a seeker of truth. As if there's all the history before you, all the people before you, there is no truth that anyone else can tell you. You have to find it out on your own. You have to go search it out. And nobody and nothing can give it to you except you yourself. You are going to determine truth for yourself. You're going to determine morality for yourself. Are we really surprised about the violence in the classrooms when we don't have Christians teaching? Now, I know that people are going to say, well, there are plenty of, of, of Christians in the public school system, in the governmental school system. And that's true. But are they teaching, this right here, Genesis 1-1, are they teaching, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth? Is that their stance? When they walk into a classroom, when children walk into their classroom, can those students say, well, I know Mrs. Johnson, and Mrs. Johnson is teaching me that God created me, God created the world that we live in, God is saying that there is an authority structure that derives its authority from him, that he has a law, that parents are obligated to teach their children his commandments. Teachers are obligated to teach their students his commandments. Society in general is responsible for teaching and supporting and upholding and enforcing God's commandments. Is that what we can say about our school system in general? The answer is no. That's not what they're doing. They're not teaching. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And that's why we need Christian school teachers. Uh, we need Christians to become teachers so that they can start with the fundamentals, the most basic concept. You cannot fix problems unless you properly understand the solutions and where the root of the problem is. And the root of the problem is in Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That is the very foundation for everything we have, for purpose in the universe. It's the absolute foundation for authority structures. It's the absolute moral imperative of a person having a moral restraint upon themselves, a child, to listen to someone and to do what they're told versus the concept of make me. You know, that idea of I'm not going to do what you want you're going to have to make me do it. You're going to have to force me to do it. You're going to have to slam my head into the floor. You're going to have to yank me out of my desk and throw me across the room to get me to listen to you. Otherwise, I'm not going to listen. See, violence in the classroom happens whenever the authority breaks down. People don't understand how to exert their actual authority and whenever other people don't recognize it. So that's one of the reasons why Christians should become teachers. On Preschool Pioneers, you're going to hear us do a lot more of these as we go. But... Christians need to wake up. You cannot be a teacher and not be Christian in the classroom. You can be a teacher, but you're going to be promoting what we call humanism. That is anti-Christian theology. That is, there is no God, there is no purpose, there is no law, there is no moral authority. You are not a Christian in the classroom just because you have personal uh, faith, because you have personal belief. You're a Christian teacher whenever you're teaching Christianity. You're, you're teaching the truth. The Bible says that we have the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus Christ. And unless you're teaching the way, the truth, and the life to your students, then you are a teacher, but you're not a Christian teacher. And there's a big difference between those two things. So what we need is we need Christians to become teachers. Now let's move on to the next thing we're dealing with here is that we are also creating with Preschool Pioneers what's called the Preschool Pioneers Field Guide. Now, there's a couple things like, you know, what is it? Who is it going to benefit? 
and of course what's in it. And just briefly, I'm just going to go over it a little bit because we're going to get into this a little bit more as our Preschool Pioneers podcast continues, other episodes. But very simply put, the field guide is kind of what it sounds like. It's going to deal with very specific issues that teachers or managers or owner operators are going to deal with. It's going to also have in there like the likelihood of, of a person encountering a specific question or a specific type of situation. We're also going to give you an idea of the difficulty uh, that a person would have in handling a specific situation. Uh, we're going to go through what I like to call you know steps. Every, every good thing has steps to it. Like if you're going to bake a cake, you're going to go through certain steps. Uh, if you're going to build a road, there's certain steps. You're going to build a building, there's certain steps. If you're going to be successful in handling any situation, uh, questions, problems, um, teaching, then there's going to be certain steps you take. And lastly, it's also going to have brief advice uh, for the teacher or for the manager from experienced teachers and managers who have handled these types of situations, no matter what the situation is. Things that they did that worked really well, things that they did that failed. And so these little brief descriptions will kind of help you uh, with certain situations, very specific ones, uh, what to do, what not to do, some pitfalls to avoid, some things that you should do and, and, and why. So anyways, as we're... As we're doing this, and as we're closing up here, um, let's go ahead and go over what this solution is to the state of our problems, like violence in the classrooms and Christians becoming school teachers. Because the solution to violence in the classroom is a return to teaching the authority of the parents and the teachers. That's very important. Because this authority can only be taught by those who teach the biblical truth of the creation of man by God. That's very important. And this is why it is that Christians should become teachers. They're the only ones that can properly understand the problems that we see in the world, like violence in the classroom. And they're the only ones that have the tools to correct this problem, which of course is the commandments in the Word of God. So if we're going to solve problems like violence in the classrooms, then we're going to have to have Christians who become teachers, who then teach, actually teach, the Word of God to their students. And this also, of course, is a parental problem because the problem with students does not start in the classroom. It starts in the homes. But as teachers, we might be able to assist our, our students to overcome some problems even if their home life isn't the best. But the school can do a lot to help lift up and edify not just the child, but also the family. And that's a very big, important reason why Christians should become teachers. So I'd like to thank you for joining us today, kind of our episode today about violence in the classrooms and why Christians should become teachers. We have a lot of new content on the way on Preschool Pioneers, but for now, we're going to leave you with that. To find this episode and more, you can go to our website, Christian Reconstruction 101, and from there, you can find the Preschool Pioneers podcast. And as I said before, uh, the Preschool Pioneers podcast is brought to you by the GCS Apprenticeship Program. For more information on that, you can go to gcsapprenticeship.com. Thank you for joining us, and God bless.